the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. Well, it is time to think and discern from a biblical point of view. Uh, I think we have all been shocked and rocked by the videos that we have seen coming out of Israel, the um, attack by Hamas. And many of you, many of you have wondered, what is it like to be living in Israel right now? Well, I've wondered the same thing. And that's why I have turned to a dear, dear friend, someone that I have known for, oh my goodness, 35 years or more. His name is Jack Kurtz, and Jack lives in Israel and has been there for many years. And again, a dear, dear, precious friend, Jack Kurtz, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking time for us, especially late at night in Israel. It's a privilege and an honor, that's for sure. Well, Jack, give our listeners just a little bit of your personal history before we get into what's actually happening in Israel. You were born in Israel and then immigrated to the United States. Kind of bring us through that whole story just real briefly. Well, my parents came as orphans. They're Holocaust survivors, and they came in 47, 48 from Cyprus. And this was a time in our country, a very difficult time. Food was rationed. There was no food, no work, no housing. Uh, And that's the era I was born in, the 50s. And uh, when I was eight, my dad was just... Um, tired of the wars, World War II, the Holocaust, the War of Independence, the war in 55. And where we lived, the whole country was 10 miles across. Hmm. So if you can figure how, how far is 10 miles, that was distance between Jordan and the sea. Yeah. And that's where we lived. All right. And came to America when I was eight. All right. Uh how okay? Let's fast forward. You are a Messianic Jew. Uh, tell That's us, correct. tell us how you were introduced to Jesus the Messiah. Well, the one thing about Jewish people to understand is they don't really, much, especially you know Israelis. We're especially talking about that. They're not really interested in what in what we call heaven. You know, most people. They just know how to share the gospel, like, do you know where you're going when you die? And that's about it. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're not interested, or if you think that as, you're, as an Abraham's son, you're going to heaven, then that issue becomes irrelevant. But there was one man, um, he was serving in the U.S. Marines with me, and he uh, knew how to share the faith in not just one way, and he did it by really caring about me. 
Mm. and showing me how that Jesus Christ could give me a new life here on earth, uh, how I could have the kind of life basically that I saw in Ben. And it's important to understand that I was a very, because I came from a religious background, I was a very moral. You know, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I didn't lie, didn't cheat, didn't steal, didn't do drugs, didn't smoke. You know, you would look at me as really a clean individual, but inside I was empty. Yeah. And I saw what Jesus did in Ben's life, and I became, it's a long story, of course, as you yeah. know, yeah. but that's what I sought, a new you, and exciting And God. you came to Christ while you were in the Marines, correct? That's correct, January yeah. 15th, 1976. And by the way, thank you for your service to our country, Jack. And uh, Jack got out of the Marines, came back to Westerville, Ohio, uh, began attending right. our church, met his dear sweet wife in our church. She was part of our congregation. And uh, uh, I, I had the privilege of performing the wedding. How long ago has that been, Jack? 42 years, coming up on 43. And has Judy ever forgiven me? <laughs> I, she wanted that provincial life. Uh, so much for that. Yeah. All right. And then how long now have you been living in Israel? I know it's been a long time. Yeah, about 30, person, 33 years. 33 years. And uh, Jack is very involved in a local Kahila. Um, a local... Very good. Yeah, yeah, I got that, Jack. Uh, How outstanding. Very involved, a leader in a local church at Kahila in Rehavoth. And tell us where you are located in relationship to Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and so forth. Well, we're directly west as a crow flies from Jerusalem, about a half hour southeast of Tel Aviv. And right. if, you know, if you know where the airport is, we're about... Uh, 25 minutes southwest of the airport. And I've been I've been able to visit Jack and Judy there in their home, and uh, just sweet, sweet, precious people. And after all these years, they just remain wonderful, wonderful friends. All right. I wanted our listeners to get a little better acquainted with you. So you're not new in Israel. You are a Jew, Messianic Jew, but you've been there th- over 30 years. Jack, take us back to Saturday. Take us back well, to Saturday. Saturday. Saturday was a difficult day because at 6.30 in the morning, without any warning, we get the siren. Now, the siren, we, we know what the siren is, but you, you're looking thinking to yourself, what in the world? You know, you get, it's one thing if you get some, you know, some heat, there's some heat going on, and some threats, and you're expecting something to... But, Six thirty in the morning, you're waking up, you're getting ready to go to you're preparing to go to the worship service, mm-hmm. and you get the siren, and you're thinking it's a mistake. What's going on? You know, well, it usually for us, we're usually even out of the way. Typically, you know, people are going for the big names like Tel Aviv, you know, Beersheba, uh, you know, and cl- or close by. Who cares about us, you know? But we get the siren, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. We turn on the TV, and we hear about the rockets. 
Mm. But what's more insidious is we begin to hear about a, quote, security situation. Mm. No one dreamed about what we were going to hear in the next 24 hours. It was like a nightmare that you wanted to wake up from. You know, praise God that we're, we're not really on the border with Gaza. Well, that's, we're very thankful, but, but to hear what was going on, it was like, put the fear in you. What in the world is going yeah. on? And it took complete, out of control, complete chaos, complete surprise. And we're just shocked. Yeah, terrorist attacks are not anything new in Israel. And hearing the sirens, I would imagine. But where you are, you're kind of started in the middle of the country. You've quite a ways away from where the attacks usually happen. So I would imagine <laughs> that through these years, you've you've been aware of the possibility, but you've also had um, a sense of security. It's happening there. It's not happening here. Am I correct in that? You were correct. Uh, until, I'd say, recently, but still, we're just not big names. We're right. not the kind of splashy names. Hobart is a very middle class. Two, there's a couple of universities here, very middle class, you know, not too big, not too small. No one even knows where it's at. We don't even have any hotels. The tourist buses, they've never come here. You know, what the, well, the closest thing we have to something biblical is the ruins of Ekron, and no one ever goes there anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking with Jack Kurtz. Jack is in Israel as we speak. I spoke to him earlier today, and he was actually in their bomb shelter. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. We're talking with Jack Kurtz in Israel, please, please, please stay tuned. Today's news, God's Word, and your thoughts. This is Bob Bernie Live. We're talking to a dear friend, Jack Kurtz, in Israel. Uh, Jack, our time is going to go incredibly fast, so let me just kind of go forward in the questions I wanted to ask, and let me just ask you this. What is life like in Israel today? You know, it so much depends on where you live, because what the rest of the country is trying to do is live life as much normal as possible under these circumstances. But if you live in the South, if you're living in, in Escalon, in Ashdod, you know, not even talking about Sterot or, or Netivot or, or in, that, in those areas, there's been a really big effect on people, especially like in the kibbutz. The people, uh, you might, not everyone understands what a kibbutz is, but but the people living around Gaza were there are many kibbutzes, kibbutzim yeah. is what they're called, and 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 they they affected the entire kibbutz neighborhood where our congregation uh, meets is is in a kibbutz, and the people there are really really in panic mode because 
this is these kibbutzim are are really related one with another. Mm-hmm. So what happened? The massacre down south really affected many people here. But as far as day to day life, we try our best always to be you know to know where there's a place to hide, but to live life as much normal as possible. So you're always aware we may have to find shelter somewhere. That is something always in your mind. Yes. In, like I said, even more those who were living south of us. Yeah. Now, I know that so, rockets yeah. have been fired all over Israel. Have any landed close to you? We've had three on Saturday. Uh, one uh, landed a quarter mile south, one landed half mile east, and one landed about three quarters of a mile west. Has this ever and happened? Like, uh, only once in history. The last time there was there was um, a rocket fired was our first casualty, actually. It hit a living room uh, on the south end of a city, uh, sorry, city, of a building right next to the mall, and mm. uh, it, did, it did kill a woman there. And that was our first casualty ever. And, Jack, your mother is living with you right now from America, and she's yeah. a Holocaust survivor. How That's how right. has this impacted her? It's a bit hard on her, you know, because this is like drawing up, it's hard to, like, flashbacks. Yeah. Like, memory, memories, and she says to me, she doesn't want to go through this again. Mm-hmm. You know, these are our memories in her deep past. Um, fortunately, half of our family was spared because we, we weren't sent north to Poland, but east to labor camps in Transnistria. And that's the only reason that I'm alive today. Wow. But these these memories are like the the wars and the war of independence my mother was in the army in the early 50s and the wars of attrition these were very difficult memories for my mom to remember um do most homes do most homes in Israel have a bomb shelter or a safe place where they can go to is this kind of standard all over the country after 1993, the law, the code, building code was changed so that every uh, every house, every apartment has to have uh, a bomb shelter. Before that, the older buildings, before 93, usually had a, a corporate bomb shelter in the basement of the building where everybody would go to. Wow. So, but it was just part of life for us. See, that's hard for us here in America to understand. That's just part of life for us. It is really yeah. difficult for us, us in the security of America, to wrap our brains around. Yeah. When first arrived, it was during the first Gulf War. You can imagine the Americans running around with gas masks on. That was really a... An experience, but that'll leave that behind. Yeah. Uh, I know that there are thousands and thousands of tourists that are stranded in Israel. Uh, you're just 30 minutes away from the airport in Tel Aviv. Uh, what is the latest news you're hearing about people getting in and out of the country by air? Well, it's very difficult to get in. The only uh, 
airlines flying out are Israeli airlines, Arkia, El Al. Uh, these are the kind of uh, flights that are going in and out. I do not know exactly, but I think that all of the airlines may be Maybe some a Russian airline, maybe, but all the rest of them are uh, stopped flying in and out of uh, mainly I understand from insurance point of view where anything sure. that you're flying into a war zone will not be covered all right. I understand Jack, I knew our time would go so fast, and I've got a hundred other questions I'd love to ask, but Jack, how can we pray for you, the nation of Israel? How can we pray, and we've got about Two minutes left. How can we pray, Jack? We've got three men, uh, sorry, one man and two gals in the compulsory army service, and we have ten uh, called up at reserves. Pray for the safety of these, of these families. Uh, pray that the that they will have opportunities to share their faith through the experiences that they're, they're living together with these soldiers. And for the peace of Jerusalem, Pray that that in my heart that there would be people who would come to faith through this experience. Uh, I know it's a, it's a, it would be a miraculous thing to ask for, but that is what we we strive for. Is why we're here. Mm, 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 mm. And for you and your family personally, how can we pray for you? Uh, we pray. To, for us to have the wisdom as we deal with several issues. For example, uh, the building that we rent will be is, has been taken over to be used as like a shelter. So now we got to figure out we we'll, we have to go back to uh, Zoom meeting like it was during COVID or something okay. like that. All right. Pray that we will have the wisdom to to shepherd a flock. Ah, amen. Jack Kurtz. Please pray for him. He, his family have been there for many years serving the Lord. And uh, pray for his congregation. And as Jack said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, Life is never quite normal in Israel, but especially now. Pray. Jack, I know it's late. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Give your dear wife, Judy, our love. And I want you to know you have a whole bunch of new friends here in America that will be praying for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, Bobberty Live will continue in just a moment. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.